When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 66 to 87 podcast. This is Tom Reed, joined as always by Dave Molinari. Uh, one of our terrific beat writers covering the Penguins, and we'll be joined a little bit later by Aaron Portsline at The Athletic to talk about, unfortunately, the big news story of this week in what's going on in the world uh, with COVID. And again, a wave of cancellations of games, not only in the NHL, uh, but around the, the sports world. Hope wherever you're listening, uh, you're, you and your family are safe as we head into this holiday season. Uh, but Dave, let's start with a little bit more cheery news. Uh, this penguin, this marauding Penguins team, uh, continuing to win games. We are recording this on a Thursday night, and while certainly you can go down the list and and point to some, you know, Evan Rodriguez, some of these guys who have stepped up, Danton Heinen, just uh, Sidney Crosby, of course, getting his game together, uh, Tristan Jari continuing to play really well. I think it all starts, Dave at the top with the head coach. Uh, I think Mike Sullivan, and we've talked about this in the past, and you wrote a story, a great story last month uh, about what an excellent communicator is, how long he's now been on the job. And he is doing one hell of a job right now with this team uh, that is, you know, within certainly uh, spitting distance of, of getting into the top three in the Metro, the very competitive Metro division, uh, this team is third in goals against average at 2-4-3. They continue to lead the league in penalty killing. Uh, they sit like 14th in the uh, in goals four. Uh, and I, this is, so to me, so much a credit uh, to what Mike Sullivan has, has been able to do, the message he's preached, and the way that this team is playing kind of how he wants it to play right now. Uh, absolutely. Uh, he, he and his staff have done an exceptional job this year. I think when, when you consider the high-profile contributors that, that they've had to play without um, through the first couple months of the season, uh, for, the, for them to be in the position that they are is, is pretty incredible. And, you know, that's not to take anything away from the players, especially guys like Tristan Jari, who has been so consistently strong and people like Evan Rodriguez and Danton Heinen uh, who have stepped up and I think exceeded most expectations. Uh, 
you know, it, it does all start with the coach and he's, they've, the coaches have, have not only put in a sound system for, for this team, but they've got the players to buy into it. And, you know, a good plan isn't worth anything if it, if it's not executed efficiently and uh, the penguins, uh, despite a few hiccups over the, uh, the first third of the season uh, have for the most part played a pretty strong two way game that, that has allowed them to overcome uh, more than a little bit of adversity. What is it? And, and again, you did such a fine job with that story. I encourage people to go back and read it. Um, but what do you think it is about Sullivan that he can stay on message and these guys can buy in, not just for a couple of weeks, because there's times, and we've seen it in the past, when, 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 when Crosby or Malkin or one of the two would be out of the lineup, they would kind of take this, I don't know, defensive posture is too strong of it, but they, they were able to play two or three weeks without these guys in the lineup, and they, they would play very well, strong defensively, and they would find ways to scratch out wins. But this has been since the start of the season, uh, what do you think it is about him and the way he is able to connect with his players to get this kind of performance through 28 games? Well, I, I think he's been able to sell them on the, uh, this might be a bit of an overstatement, but desperation of, of their situation yeah. with, the, with the key guys they've been missing. And, and that's why I think that possibly his biggest challenge this season, at least during the regular season, will be if a point comes where they actually have all of their, yes, you know, high-profile guys healthy. You know, does uh, the rest of the lineup exhale at that point and say, "Oh, wow, we can let down, we can relax, uh, we don't have to put in the same kind of effort, shift in and shift out, playing defensively because Malkin or Gensel or Rust or Crosby uh, you know, will will get us a goal if we need one." Uh, you know, I, I'm sure that's a uh, a challenge that uh, Mike Sullivan would love to have to deal with. Yeah. But, you know, it, I think there, there's a natural tendency to, to let down when you, when you've made it through a crisis, which uh, the Penguins have been in crisis mode pretty much since training camp in, in terms of missing personnel. If they do ever manage to, uh, to get reasonably healthy, it, it will be uh, interesting to see if uh, Sullivan can, can continue to coax such a, a strong two-way effort out of uh, his lineup. And, and this is premature, but I'm going to bring it up because it, we have mentioned it on the show before that one of the reasons I think Sullivan has never been coach of the year, or at least I, has he been a Dave? He, has he has he even been a finalist? He's never been a finalist, has he? Uh, I, I'm not certain of that. But, um, I don't think if he has, it's maybe only once. But my point being is I think it's always been, well, who couldn't coach that team, right? It's the, the Phil Jackson sy- syndrome with Michael Jordan and, and Scottie Pippen. Well, yeah, yeah. Obviously, he's a nice, great coach, but look who he's got to, to play with. Uh, there, people aren't going to be able to use that excuse this year, uh, especially at least in the first half of the season, and who knows what 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 the second half holds. Well, and the only reason that they're going to be – uh, presumably in a position to do something in the second half is because of the way he was able to help get them through the first half. You know, their season could have easily been scuttled before this just 
because of of the people that that they were missing. Um, I I think he's he's done an outstanding coaching job, uh, but you know it's not exactly like that's new territory for him. Uh, he's he's done some awfully good work here. It's now been what he's uh, finished five calendar years, I believe. Uh, now on on the job, and uh, you know he's he's done pretty good work in most of them. I mean, ultimately. His season, like that of, of Tristan Jari and the team in general, will be judged by what they're able to do in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, his, his work in this, this regular season has just been outstanding. And, and to get, put it into a little comparison, I, I think we all respect and, and acknowledge what a great coach Barry Trotz is and what he's been able to do after winning a Stanley Cup in Washington to get the Islanders to a couple of conference finals. But they've 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 had they've had their own issues this year, and they have not been able to respond uh, to this point. They they've had the injuries, they've had COVID issues. They started the season with a ton of road games, but they are really every other week we we, we kind of talk about what's it going to take to get these guys into a in a playoff spot. We're recording this on a Thursday. They have they're sitting on 19 points. Uh, the Penguins have 35. They've got a long way to go. That, to me, is an example of a team that, that, that has been unable to get it going because they've had guys out. Yeah, um, and as you say, there, I don't think there's anybody questioning Barry Trotz's credentials as, as a coach. People might not like the style that he coaches, but it's pretty difficult to argue with the effectiveness that he's had, whether it was in Nashville or Washington or, or now on Long Island. And, you know, Certainly talent is part of the reason that the Penguins have been able to get into the playoffs for 15 years in a row. But, you know, they've had they've had some pretty good coaching uh, along the way as well. And I think probably the the best of it has come from Mike Sullivan. Uh, No question. Uh, Early gas has to be very early, uh, if not front one or certainly one of the two or three guys that would be up for the Jack Adams, at least coming up to the first half of the season. All right, we're just getting started here on the 60-60-87 podcast. As I said a little bit later, we'll be joined by Aaron Portsline. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about some uh, so a little story that came out of uh, Canada uh, regarding Chris Letang and his contract. Uh, so stay with us. Uh, we'll hit that topic. Come right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Welcome back to the 66 to 87 podcast. As mentioned, we will be joined a little bit later by uh, Aaron Portsline of The Athletic. Uh, but right now, I wanted to kind of address a story uh, as my garage door goes down. Um, that kind of, uh, as, as, as Penguin fans were enjoying the local broadcast of the, the latest win against the Canadians the other night on the TSN broadcast, uh, trusted and uh, very, very reliable insider Pierre Lebrun uh, had a nugget that uh, that Chris Letang has Chris Letang and his representatives have been talking to the Penguins about a contract extension, which of course is good news for Penguins fans. They would love to keep the 34 year old in the fold here for a couple more seasons. Uh, but one thing that's come up in, in LeBron's reporting is that at least right now, uh, he's not interested in a short-term deal. He wants to build a little bit longer. And I guess, Dave, we would think short-term meaning about two years and maybe longer term would be four or five years. Uh, again, this may just be posturing by the agent. Uh, maybe this is, again, the trade deadline's months away. But uh, could you imagine that the Penguins would be willing to go Four years with Crystal Tang? Uh, I would be pretty surprised. I mean, he is 34 years old and, why, you know, he's probably as well-conditioned as anybody on the team, maybe even in the league, uh, you know, as evidenced by the ice time that he logs consistently among the league leaders in that category. Um, you know, at his age, four or five years is an awful lot of uh, – time and presumably money to, to give to a guy. Yeah. Uh, again, Latang is, is certainly, uh, excelling in a con excelling in a contract year. Uh, his 17 assists are, uh, tied for eighth, uh, tied for eighth in among defensemen. And, uh, as Dave just mentioned, always among the leaders in, in ice time, uh, he's still sixth in the league at 2547 as we're recording this on Thursday. So he's having a nice season. I wonder, Dave, if this is more, uh, again, there's always give and take in negotiations, and they often come down to you need a deadline to kind of spur action. I do wonder if this is maybe their way of saying, all right, you're not going to give us four years. Well, we want more money up front then. We we want a lot of money. We're gonna t- We want to raise or – Maybe not a raise, but more money that you may have been willing to give us in the first and second year uh, to stick around for two more years with this team. Well, it certainly is possible. And for for people who aren't aware, um, Latang's contract is up after this season. He'll be an unrestricted free yes, agent who that would be eligible to sign uh, with whoever would uh, want him. Uh, yeah, it's. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. They, they don't have an obvious replacement for him as a cornerstone of their, their defense. Uh, John Marino looks like he might be kind of growing into that role again after uh, regressing last season. But, you know, losing Latang would, uh, 
would create a hole on their blue line that I don't know would be uh, quickly filled. But I, you know, it's it's just tough to see them going along with with giving him that much time. And you know, as far as money, I believe he's making something along the lines of seven point two five million uh, for his cap hit this season. I don't know that I would even go quite that high on a next contract, let, let alone uh, exceed it. Especially when you're you're yeah. dealing with with a either a flat salary cap or one that would just raise, you know, or rise nominally. Yeah, and in in our next segment with Aaron Portstein, we're going to talk about my goodness, what if we get back into this COVID situation where. Uh, as we're recording here on Thursday, Montreal uh, will not have fans in the building. Uh, <clears throat> boy, you, you just hate the, the thought of, of of the season ending again without fans and and that additional revenue not coming in. So let's 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 carry this out. Let's let's carry this out to the end of the, the, the to, to right to the trade deadline. And the Penguins are certainly, as we just talked about in the first segment, they're playing well. I don't see any way that they fall out of the race. I think they're going to, even if they would drop back a little, little bit, they're going to be in the race. If you're Ron Hextall and Brian Burke and a new ownership, would you just let it ride? Uh, if you can't come to a deal and just play it out through the summer and then risk losing him for nothing. Uh, if, if he gets to the end of the year and say, I'm sorry, I, I, I know that I, we can find somebody out there that'll take me four years. Or would you? It just—it seems inconceivable, uh, possibly moving him to get something because he's playing well. I don't have any any high draft pick for him. How would you see that scenario play out if we get to the deadline and there's no deal yet? Well, we don't know <clears throat> whether the recent change in ownership would have any impact on something like that. Mm, yeah, uh, certainly when Mario Lemieux and Ron Burkle were running the show, I would have told you without hesitation that they would have wanted the roster to be as loaded as possible for a playoff run. And that <clears throat> trading Latang would never come up in the conversation. Right. Uh, we don't really know how Fenway Sports Group, uh, you know, will want things to be done or, you know, whether uh, Ron Hextall will have complete autonomy to, you know, to construct a team as he sees fit with without any uh, involvement uh, of ownership. But, I mean, my guess is that given the age of Crosby and, and Malkin and Latang for that matter, that if they honestly believe that their window to contend for another cup is open, whether it actually is or not, uh, that they would not trade Latang. That that they would yeah. want to go in with the the most formidable collection of players possible, and you know that certainly would include Latang as as opposed to trading him for some asset that that might pay off, you know, two or three or four years down the road. And it would be a low, wherever they took him, you would have to consider it would be a low, I don't know if you, you, I mean, the way he's playing, would you get, could you get a a number 25 to 32 pick in the draft? Or or would it be more of a It really depends on what the, what the market is, is then, you know, and, you know, if you can, 
get something of a bidding war going if you get uh, you know a number of teams that are that are interested in a you know right shot defenseman who can run your power play and you know be a, a factor at, at both ends of the ice when he's on his game you know you could drive the price up quite a bit I would think but uh, you know because he he would be a a nice piece to add for for a lot of clubs um, but really I mean so much can change between now and the deadline but at, at this point I find it hard to believe that they would seriously consider trading him my guess would be uh, if uh, my guess would be if they don't come up with a deal between now and the deadline they let it ride that they'll 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 play it out. I don't see any way. I agree with you. I, I don't. I was just playing devil's advocate. I don't see them trading him. I think they would go into the summer and then in some ways puts a little bit of pressure back on him. And do you want to stay with this group that you've been with for your entire career and, and finish as a Pittsburgh? And Roethlisberger was talking about that the other day about just how weird it was to see Joe Montana finishing as a Kansas City Chief. Would would Latang really want to do that? Uh, but if we take the if we take the report on its merit, saying that he feels he can keep playing for years, then maybe he does get into a, a scenario where there is a team out there that 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 might be willing to say, Chris Latang, if we can get if we can get there are teams, of course, Dave, you know this. There are teams that would be willing to maybe give him four years if they thought they could win a cup in the next year or two and just bite it at the end of his deal. So I think this could play out into the summer if there's no deal. I, I agree with you. I don't see them trading him uh, at the deadline if, 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 if there's no deal before then. It could. And, and implicit in our discussion, although I guess we should lay it out explicitly, is that it's not as if the trade, li- trade deadline marks any sort of deadline for negotiations. You know, Correct. They can continue you know, indefinitely. And the, the Penguins are the only team that can you know, negotiate with him right up until the day that free agency starts, at least in theory. So, uh, yeah, there, there would still be ample time to craft an agreement. But if you have two sides that are, that are polarized in, in their positions and, uh, you know, neither is willing to give on, you know, key points like term, uh, you know, you could easily have a stalemate that, that wouldn't be able to be resolved. And my guess would be that that's probably it's a much different scenario. It may very well be the same issue with Malkin, who's also a free agent at the end of the season. They may want to see him through the end of the year uh, to see exactly what they have there. And, and Malkin, at the same point, was probably going to feel the same way, uh, given, give him a chance to show what he can do down the stretch and uh, hopefully for Penguins fans, uh, some kind of playoff run. All right. When we come back, we'll be joined by Aaron Portsline. Again, we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the hockey world and the sports world with this uh, uh, really uh, serious outbreak in COVID around uh, the sports world right now. So stay with us here on the 66 to 87 podcast.
welcome back to the 60-60-87 podcast, and uh, we are delighted to be joined by Aaron Portstein from The Athletic. A lot of times we have Aaron on the show, uh, we're usually previewing some Blue Jackets stuff, and, and Aaron is indeed on the road. Uh, but we're going to talk about something that's a lot bigger issue right now, and if you're like me, if fans are like me, you've just got that weird feeling right now about a year, about almost two years ago. Uh, in March, uh, when sports kind of came to a close, and thank goodness we have vaccines now, and and people that are vaccinated are, are seem like they're staying out of the hospitals and out of the morgues. Uh, but my goodness, uh, it is if you have Twitter and you're a sports fan, all you have read on your timelines for the last five or six days have been about the. COVID outbreaks in every league. Uh, Aaron, you are on a trip uh, out in Western Canada right now. You're in, yeah, we're recording this on Thursday when the Blue Jackets are playing against the Oilers. They were supposed to go to Calgary. I think Calgary has like four players left that could play. Uh, how weird is, of a feeling is this? And, and is there any sense of deja vu for you as well? Yeah, you know what? First of all, it's good to be with you guys. It's just ominous. It 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 does. And ironically, the Blue Jackets were in Vancouver in March of 2020 when this really started to to take off and and things really started to accelerate. That's where they were this year when it kind of ramped up again. The Calgary their game against Calgary on Saturday has been postponed now, so they're heading home from Edmonton. I think they're. The coaching staff has spent the last 12, 24 hours imploring the players to, you know, to worry about what they can control, which is the game in front of them. And, and they'll be home when they, when they get home, but it just, it, it, it you know, you keep thinking there's a handle on this thing or that we've been through the worst of it. And now this, this is just, I don't know how much of it's the variant that's taking off right now. But it is roaring through not just this league, but other sports leagues. Um, Montreal is going to play tonight in front of no fans. And mm. here we are again. I think I think Ontario has a a um, rule now where it's fifty percent. So I'm not sure how the Leafs and and, um, and Ottawa handle that. But you got to think there's going to be some heavy restrictions coming to ranks in the U.S. and also, I, you know, you keep hearing that the NHL is going to go back to where they were last year with with no media access, Zoom only, um, fans not being permitted in the building. We'll see. I think that's everyone's fear is that it could go back to that. You're right. The fact that there's vaccines and boosters now, maybe that gives the teams a, a way to have some people in the building when that was considered just too big of a threat last year. Uh, all these things that I, th- I think we hoped were behind us or mostly behind us now are are kicking right up again. And I think guys are genuinely concerned. Dave, does this, Dave, the, one of the, the we, we talk about this occasion and we, when we talk about the different leagues, uh, the NBA, certainly the NFL, uh, baseball is on a break right now, but they can sustain this. They can sustain not having fans in the stands because of the television money. Uh, can you imagine what a gut punch this would be to the league again? And obviously, 
let's you know safety first obviously but if if we if we get back to this thing where we're going through a stretch of this season without fans again what this is going to do to the coffers of these teams around the league well yeah i mean it's a it's a gate driven league I, you know they, there's not the big tv contract that that some of the other sports have it would be a big setback you know not only for the teams but for the players who you know whose earnings are are based in part on you know the uh the money that the teams generate <clears throat> and uh you know if if the teams are getting less revenue there's going to be less to be uh spent uh, on players it's yeah it's you know, there, there's no good side to this uh, for anybody. It's, uh, you know, and it, it's really troubling to see the direction that this has been headed over, you know, the better part of the past week now. Aaron, uh, the, the, the Penguins were just bought by a, a conglomerate, so they're probably going to be okay. Uh, but when I, we have you on here, you, you know, obviously the Blue Jackets, a family-owned team, I can't imagine. I, I have to imagine that they're, you know, they they really s- took a hit last year with no fans in the building for a, a large part of it. What would it do to a, a team like Columbus? Well, you know, it's interesting. We've we've learned through the course of this is is whatever the owner of the franchise, whoever the owner is, what, whatever their fortune has has wherever it's been amassed. In other words, whatever the family business is beyond hockey. That kind of determines more than anything how how well they handle it. And by all accounts, the steel industry during the pandemic, lots of people undertook huge projects then right. that they couldn't do construction projects uh, that they couldn't do otherwise. Uh, my understanding is that Worthington Industries, which is the is the uh, l- the large business conglomerate owned by the McConnell family who owned the Blue Jackets, did quite well during the pandemic so they're okay there i believe it was the dallas stars owner who has a huge Mm. percentage of his wealth in hotels and travel not well and now dallas may be in a much much different financial situation than others i don't pretend in other books but i think it goes very much from market to market um it's unfortunate gary bettman just last week at the board of governors was telling um teams that their projections have the salary cap going up by about a million dollars next year when there was fear that it could be flat again. Well, I, I, I'm not that Gary Bettman did anything wrong, but I think that statement now is pretty dated. I, I can't imagine that's going to hold if there's much of a, of a stoppage. There are players um, in this league, I, I am sure, who are going to want to tap the brakes here and would rather not play short-term than to have to play in front of empty buildings again. And I keep, it's almost in Jim Mora's voice when people say Olympics, um, I'm going Olympics. Like, yeah, that is, that just seems so preposterous now. And I think the players, I think there's a lot of players who are ready to, they don't have to pull the plug yet. There's a month to go before that decision has to be made. But they would love for somebody to pull the plug on that for them so that they don't have to do it themselves. And right now, it feels like the league and the players are kind of hoping that the other one makes the call 
where myself and others are hoping that the two sides can get together and do what's best. But I, I think that's in big time jeopardy now as well. Dave, jump in there on that because that's a we, we were going to get to that point. Uh, and, you know, here in Pittsburgh, of course, Mike Sullivan is supposed to be the, the coach of Team USA. He's, you know, earned that right and certainly sounds very excited about it. And then you start to think about guys like Sidney Crosby. I'm not saying that four years from now that he still won't be around and uh, maybe the captain of that team, but he's got to wonder too if, if, this, if they don't go, is this his last shot at, at representing Canada in the Olympics? Yeah, I mean, that's a fair thought, and I, I'm sure, you know, that there are quite a few veterans who would be thinking that way. But, I mean, in terms of the big picture, when, you, you know, when you're dealing with a worldwide pandemic and 800,000 deaths in this country alone already, you know, I, I don't know that anyone should get too terribly worked up about uh, a particular player participating or not participating in an Olympics. I mean, that, that really does seem like a, a pretty minor issue at this point. Yeah, the larger issue, of course, is beyond just the, the, the threat of the pandemic is uh, the way that the, this is, the, these, the Olympics are going to be in, in Beijing. Uh, the Chinese government has basically said if an athlete test positive uh he would have to be quarantined for you know up to maybe three four five weeks and just imagine a fan base losing and anyone who's going to the olympics is a good player right uh just you know imagine uh you know some of the star players and i have to think that's weighing on some of these guys don't you think aaron that is this really even take the news of the day right out from under it but just if you go over there and somehow test positive you know you're you could be trapped there for a month you could be trapped there for a month and the other wrinkle to this is the league has made it be known to the players that if that happens the team is not on the hook for your salary Mm. and so not only are these the best players in the world by definition at least the best players in their own countries they're some of the highest paid um yeah, so miss two. Well, you know, if, if yeah, if that would happen and guys would you know miss paychecks, we could have a bake sale for them or something, and mm, you know, there you try go. and That's tide it. them over until they're able to get back to North America. You I sound like you have an too. agent agent written all over you, Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think at the same time, uh, to 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 continue on this thing with the Olympics. If there were no Olympics, it would give, it would seem to give the NHL, I know that they kind of made two schedules anyway, but it would give leeway uh, for, to kind of continue the season. And if you even wanted to pause it, and and again, we're recording this on Thursday, the world could change on Saturday. That's very, need to bring that up right now. I mean, the way things are trending right now, it, it is not good. Uh, could you see that? Could you see if, if they've, uh, them, the NHL, if they if those guys arrive at a decision and the, the, one of the news stories today was that some of the top virologists in the world are saying the worst part is about to hit the United States next month, That's not right. right now, next month. Uh, could you see the NHL maybe just saying, you know what, 
let's not do that. And maybe if we have to take a pause, then we, we're not going to be too far off because we had it already built in. Aaron? Well, I, I think even the schedule that they've had built in is almost scrapped at this point because what that new gap will be used for is making up the games that have been canceled here. Already, yeah. There have been nine or ten, I think, bagged already um, and more to come. For instance, Columbus has to go back to Calgary at some point. Now, when when do they do that? Do they do it on a West Coast swing? Do they do it when they go up to Minneapolis and Winnipeg? Is it a standalone trip? I, I think the league may need a couple of weeks to plug some games in and then just simply resume the schedule where yeah. it was on the other side. Now, that has teams who currently don't have any games postponed just off for two weeks. I'm not sure that's ideal. Um, but to your point, Tom, this is – I suspect there's going to be a lot more games – canceled and we're going to learn more about them and to your point of how quickly this is changing our good friend tom weathers just reported that case keenum now has tested positive for covid we're talking nfl now yeah. but the browns have already lost baker mayfield now they've lost case keenum potentially to a positive test um doc were, hodges is out there there well there were, <laughs> there were whispers earlier today that the NFL may be considering hitting the pause button. Yeah. Which and, then you know it's getting serious. Yeah. Something to keep in mind, guys, is that apparently a lot of the buildings around the, the NHL have been booked for other events during February. True. It seems like that was a little oh. premature on the part of Good the point, people who, who run the arenas. But, you know, yeah. it's not like all of those dates in February are, are sitting there open, you know, waiting for either make up games or, you know, uh, lightening up the schedule, you know, sure, uh, yeah. for, for the balance of the regular season. I'm, you know, I'm not sure how much of an option that's going to be for the NHL. Uh, again, we're recording this on Thursday. I keep mentioning that again because the news of the days could change. The big news today, Aaron brought up the NFL and, and what's going on with the Browns. Uh, but the, but, but the, the NFL has changed their policy. Uh, what we're seeing with a lot of some of these guys, not a lot, but some of these guys are testing positive, but they're asymptomatic. And the NFL is now saying if you're vaccinated, you don't have to pass two tests day after day. It can just be one. Do you think at some point here that the NHL, uh, the, the NHL and the NHLPA, Dave, kind of get together and say, all right, we've got to do something, if, if, if all possible, safely, to amend our, our 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 protocol right now to try to keep these games moving along. Well, I mean, do we know that being asymptomatic means that you can't transmit the uh, the virus to other people? You can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yep. Yeah. You know. The, if, again, if, the NFL is taking this extraordinary step in midseason to, and I think it's it's for one reason and one reason only to keep the games going if they can. Like having keeping enough players on the field uh, to keep playing, uh, I'm just wondering if if you do you think the NHL will try to do something to keep games going and maybe some of these asymptomatic players. And I know what you're saying; you could still spread it, but I mean, the Calgary situation is a classic example. They have four players, four or five players that could play tonight. Well, I mean, you could reinstitute taxi squads. You know, I, I'm yeah. I'm not sure how the AHL teams would go for that to have, uh, you know, a big chunk of their roster, you know, sitting in an NHL city. But you know, 
there there obviously are, are no easy answers to any of this um yeah, it's uh it's tough if somebody does have an easy answer i hope they'll share it with the world uh, a quick story here uh back in march of 2020 just as this is starting our our guest aaron portsline calls me and says hey i'm going to get a hold of some virologi- virologists which of course my first question was what the hell is that well, we've certainly learned that Aaron did a great story about uh, not dates, but data and trusting when it would be safe to play again. It's just amazing what we have learned in the past 22 months, isn't it, of, of, about where this has gone. And I don't think any of us could have predicted we would still be in the grip of this two years later, Aaron. No, and I keep I keep hoping and dreaming that it's going to be like, you know, the bubonic plague where someone's going to go, oh, shit, fleas, it's fleas. And then it's taken care of. Are we missing something? Yeah. But this is, you know, the worrisome, I I just, I get, it's so frustrating because there's so much information coming from so many different places and so many different agendas. There's so much confusion about this. There's been so much muddled public health messaging as well. A lot of it was just in the early stages. We just didn't know what this was and what it was going to be necessarily, how it was transmitted, what were the best steps to take. Um, But yeah, it's, this is something that the more and more you talk to these, these people, the understanding is that it's something, it's not always going to be like this or it's infecting just waves of people and canceling. It's going to be more like the flu where it's, it's weakened and controllable and a little bit more predictable. It can still do a lot of damage, but it's not as virulent as this is right now. The question is how long does that take? And again, I, I go back to some of the public health messaging because you know my Twitter line is full of it. All you have to do is retweet the fact that Montreal's not having fans in the stands tonight and you get this ha-ha, hope you enjoy your vaccine, people reveling in the fact that in their mind, vaccines don't work. The, the whole point of the vaccine was to slow the crush on hospitals, was to, to keep people right. from getting extremely sick and dying. It doesn't mean you can't get it. That's a confusion for a lot of people. I'm not sure. I, th- I think we need to take a, a look at how we message some of these things. But again, it's, it all depends on who you listen to. Some people have an interest in this being muddled and confusing they 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 traffic in this sort of thing they want it to they want the government and the experts to be wrong and so incredibly frustrating and unhealthy to me but the people who are vaccinated and especially the people who are boosted are at very low risk of getting extremely sick with this but it can still be passed around which is why games are being canceled why asymptomatic guys can't play, why buildings can't be full. Um, and it, with each wrinkle of the of the virus as it continues to sort of try to keep itself alive, first Delta, now Omicron, Omicron or whatever the hell it is, um, it changes. And some people, yeah. Brown's coach has had it two years in a row now. I'm not sure if they're different variants or what. But it, it is a mo- it's a moving, living, breathing issue that's with us that that um, 
Yeah, and we're all done with it. We're all free. Nobody likes the freaking mask. I'd, I'd love to burn this thing. I don't want to wear it on the plane the whole ride, the whole ride home from Edmonton to Columbus. Are you crazy? But that's what that's what it's taking. That's what's best right now. So head down and keep it going. And I, I think the NHLs. I hope they're going to continue to make the difficult but right decisions that they've made so far. And um, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of games put on pause because there's. I mean, Florida's got eight guys out tonight. Eight guys. <laughs> Out of their lineup tonight. Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a mess that's been with us too long, and who knows how much longer. Aaron, that haha you mentioned. What does that sound like when it comes from somebody who's on a ventilator? Mm. Yes. Yeah. Right. What does it say to someone who's looking through glass at their loved one on a ventilator or, or saying their goodbye via Zoom? I mean, it is. It's amazing to me that eight hundred eight hundred thousand dead doesn't get the attention of people. More than the Civil War, right? More more people die have died of, yes. of this than than in the Civil War now. And uh, I hear people, I hear people too say, "Well, yeah, but most of them are old." Think about that. <laughs> hey, I just yeah. I just had a friend, fifty three years old from back home, uh, died last week from it. And uh, you know, uh, Aaron, uh, you've come on the show a couple times with some. Really challenging topics, uh, the death of the Blue Jacket goalie. I promise the next time we have you on here, we're just going to hopefully be talking about hockey and the great game and Zach Wierenski and some of those great young uh, players uh, that, that, that looks like the Blue Jackets are going to have in the next couple of years. Uh, but for now, uh, that's this is kind of the world that we're in. And uh, for the great Aaron Porchline and certainly the Hall of Famer, Dave Molinari, this is Tom Reed. Uh, you've been listening to the 66 to 87 podcast. We'll talk to you next week during the Christmas week. Thank you. Thank you.